You are listening to a National Gallery of Victoria audio program available at www.ngv.vic.gov.au. In this episode, Philip Brophy explains the structure of the exhibition and begins to uncover the marvel of manga. Tezuka, the marvel of manga, is broken into two main sections, but there's also a little third section, which is the first section. This first section is an introduction to manga. And this is so that in case people don't realise that in Japanese manga you read from the right to the left, everything's kind of reversed. Uh, So that section sets up a couple of examples of manga from Tezuka's work to let you realise that the manga pages are ultimately to be read. They're not just to be looked at. Western people, when they tend to grab a manga, they'll kind of flick through the pages and be dazzled by the wonderful drawings, but often forget, because of course they can't read the text, that the drawings are there to tell a story. They're there to have visual impact, but they're completely motivated by the narrative construction of the story. And Japanese manga is incredibly sophisticated in how, over many years, it has developed this graphic structure for telling stories through panels and through exploded panels and through multi-layered panels and the way that you link these boxes of pictures together with a certain rhythm in order to get a certain emotional feeling from what's happening in the events depicted. Tezuka Osamu was a key figure in developing a lot of these techniques. He did this partially through importing a lot of cinematic montage camera framing type of techniques and graphically representing or mimicking them them even on the drawn page. But he then went much further than that in terms of liberating the page from how it had to contain the frames. So you would get very inventive ways in which images would be distributed across the page in clockwise or anti-clockwise fashions or connect across a double page spread or be broken up into different boxes that represent simultaneous timelines, things like this. He was very experimental in his approach to developing these structures. And this is all by the mid-50s. Come the 60s and the 70s, he's pushing that even further with his more adult-toned work, which is referred to as Gekika work. So the first small section of the exhibition just sets up examples of his work to let you see that to gain most from experiencing these pages, you need to kind of read them in a certain way. And even if you can't read Japanese, uh, the exhibition actually is primarily focused on pages that have none or pages that have no or next to no dialogue. So whatever dialogue is in any one page will be there summarised in the exhibition so you can tell what's happening. But uh, basically, if you just look at each one of the images in sequence, it's almost like reading hieroglyphics. You know, you can make up through sequencing the pictures what's actually happening in the story. And 
it's important, I think, for visitors to the exhibition to give that a go because that's what's then going to maximise their experience. Because, of course, all the images look cool and fantastic and they've got that bold graphic sensibility. But when you realise, oh, my God, those four boxes actually are incredibly inventive on how they just express this situation of what a person's going through, then that's where you get to this sort of uh, additional level of impact with Tezuka's pages. So the first section sets that up. Then the second section of the exhibition, which is like a, a major section, it's essentially the original pages from manga, which eventually were made into animated series. And these are works like uh, Kimber the White Lion, Astro Boy, Princess Knight, Wonder 3, all of which actually screened in Australia. Right? Uh, some of these works are well known, but even something like Wonder 3, when some people see these images, they might have a dim, dark memory. Oh my God, I remember seeing something like that. But you will have never seen it since. Um so they're works that uh, do exist in another form, right? They were made into animated series. And the animated series would be the main way by which Western English-speaking audiences would be familiar with Tezuka's work. But essentially, Tezuka, his collected works uh, published by Kodansha in the late 70s totals 400 volumes. He's listed in the Guinness Book of World Records as the world's most published author, and that's on page count, right, in terms of different titles that he produced, uh, which is very interesting that it's not a novelist, that it's a manga artist that's the uh, world's most published author. And uh, probably out of all those 400 volumes, right, there's, I'd say, only not even 15 to 20% have been made into animation in Japan. And then out of that 15 to 20%, probably only 3 to 5% ever got translated and released in the West. Right? So when people have seen an episode of Astro Boy, that is such a tip of a gigantic iceberg in terms of what Tezuka actually produced. So this second section of the exhibition is allowing one to see the original manga that then became the animated series. Right? Because in Japan, Tezuka is still mostly regarded as a manga artist, not as an anime director, right? because of the amount of work he produced in the printed medium. The third section of the exhibition, which is as large as this second section, which essentially are the two main sections of the exhibition, is devoted to Tezuka's Gekiga work. And this is work that uh, is more serious in tone. It's more um, adult-oriented. It's not necessarily for family entertainment and, and fair. Uh, and uh, uh, relates to a period of manga production and creation that happened in the 60s. Uh, and Tezuka's work from the time going into the 70s is a bit darker, a bit more brooding, and has these uh, more socially relevant uh, themes addressed in them. And there's no way that when you're looking at this work that you can say, ah, yeah, that's just kid stuff, 
right? Because the the first title that's uh, um, uh, included in the exhibition from uh, the fifties is Tezuka's interpretation of Dostoevsky's uh, Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment, right? Done with a cute little boy, right? And so the Western mind boggles when confronted with something like this, right? So let me get this right. This is a comic of crime and punishment. And at not one point does the story shy away from the core themes of uh, Dostoevsky's novel. So uh, that's your st- that's your Kickstarter into how manga relates to social issues and possible themes in its storytelling. Right? Manga in Japan has nothing to do with comics as we know them in the West. We presume that comics are just for kids, they're disposable, they don't have any depth. Well, you can cross off every one of those things when you're dealing with manga in Japan. So this exhibition is focused on Tezuka as one of the most important artists in the manga art form, but also it's a uh, opening door into allowing a non-Japanese English-speaking audience to get a sense of what manga culture actually is in Japan and how complex and sophisticated it is as a storytelling medium.